0: Now it's time for Rod and Reel Radio with your hosts, hop-along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes to chase sprout crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special. special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Maine or online at ElCajonFord.com Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back relax and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio. The best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the united states now here's your host
1: hop along john cassidy hey thank you mark larson in southern california welcome to another sunday edition of Rod and real radio you know if you think you stuffed your turkey this thursday it ain't nothing compared to what's going to be on Rod real radio for the next two hours because we have a Jam-packed show for you tonight. Starting off right here at the 5 o'clock hour, we've got uh, Paul, Paul Strausser, owner-operator of the Independent Sports Fishing. Paul went out on a trip and took uh, Stan Vandenberg and his group. We're going to talk about that charter, and that's going to be first thing up here. But later on in the show at 6 o'clock, Pro Bass Angler Dean Rojas is going to be with us, and Dean's going to talk about his 2015 season and his preparation for the 2016 Bassmaster Classic. And then coming up at 6.40, we're going to have General Manager of the Fred Hall Shows, the Ultimate Outdoor Experience, Mr. Mike Lum, he's going to be talking with us. Not as he's going to be talking about the 2016 Fred Hall Shows, but there is a special event that they've just put together to benefit Friends of Rolla that he's going to announce here on Rodden Real Radio, so you want to be a part of that. But before we get anything going, let's uh, introduce to you the co-host of Rodden Real Radio. He is the voice of one 800 Boat and a pretty good angler in his own right. Live from San Antonio, Texas, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing?
2: Good evening, everybody. Hey, John, I'm doing great. I am like you said in san antonio i am sitting in a in a brand new hotel called the hotel emma and it was originally in 1881 the pearl brewery right next to the pearl uh stables where they hauled their beer from place to place over here uh pretty amazing place <laughs> great meal we just had here at the restaurant they went in 1881 it was renovated and updated and it grew in 1894 and they kept the brewery going, and then as far as, you know, I think 2001, actually, Miller Beer came in and was brewing beer here. But they kept the thing in an amazing state, and it's pretty wild. And The thing a week ago, not even four or five days ago, I was at Clarion Island, 946 miles from nowhere. <laughs> Down in the Pacific Ocean, catching big and we had a great trip. I hope Paul's on with us.
1: Well, let's see. Uh, you know, with us, too, is owner-operator of Independent Sports Fishing, Captain Paul Strasser. Pa- uh, Captain uh, Paul, welcome.
3: Well, thank you. I'm loud and clear. i was <laughs> in well, San Antonio. I'm in San Pedro. We're all good.
1: Hey, we're in San Diego. I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. But, guys, I you know kept on reading reports on Facebook of the independents when uh, you were down there with Stan and his group. It sounded like you had a whiz bang trip. Why don't you give us some of the highlights?
3: Well, not only you gonna talk about the highlights, but remember that that area is a lot of it is subject to timing, and that timing with Stan's group was unbelievable we had a boat that just left that area a couple like literally one to two days prior to us going down there and they had a tough trip we stepped in uh down there and like like stan will let you know it was um we had up to 14 fish going at one time and these aren't little 20 30 40 pounders these are anywhere from uh 100 uh 200 pounders going at one time and we were on the ropes this group really uh, had their stuff together it was a it was a heck of a Timing was everything on this particular trip.
1: Well, Stan, tell us about the timing.
2: <laughs> well, you know, timing is everything. And last year, we we may have had the best trip of the year uh, on our trip last year, but this one may have just outdone it the way that the, the, the schedule took off. We went ran out, and uh, on our way down, I had all the, all the guys making the Vanderbomb, the famous Vanderbomb, to catch the first Wahoo, and the guy that caught the first Wahoo got one of the brand-new seeker. Uh, series seven and a half foot series rod and, and, uh, and a new off at two speed reel with spec run it worth about a thousand dollars. So we, we had the guys stop at the host and we ran around and around and one of the guys finally stuck the fish there. They won the thousand dollar rod and reel combo. Nice. And then Jeff goes, you know, everything just seems to be looking up. Even though the reports weren't that good from the boats like Paul was saying down below, the boats weren't doing as well as, but, you know, I'm a bass fisherman. Who cares what the boats say? Let's just go and see what we can find.
1: Sure enough, and
2: Jeff Kabui is really adept at, at that game. I got to give Paul and his crew kudos. They they do a great job of finding fish and fishing. and getting them. And I know Paul hired the, uh, the captain just for that reason because the buoy is just a phenomenally good fisherman. You want to speak on that? You can.
1: Well, Paul was—is the season behind, or do we still are we suffering from the effects of warm water down here, or is this typical for you this know, time of year?
3: Well, I mean, they, I mean, this trip here shows that the fish are biting in the warmer water. I mean, the ridge right now is 80 degrees. We do have warm water. The season is not going to stop this year, and I'm, I'm speaking for the whole coast of California slash AHA. We're going to have good fishing down below. The areas at the Clarion Hurricane, uh, the Ridge, is going to be great all year long, all winter. I mean, our our season down below is basically just getting started. Our last trip gets in on the February twenty-second, so we have a wow. lot of, right now. We're on a fifteen-day trip, then we come back with a ten. But but the water's the the water is not going to get cold. It's going to get uh, the coldest we've seen the water so far up here is sixty-four degrees. And that's really wow. not cold. It's not in the mid-50s. But but as it goes for down below Mexico, we're going to have a good season. It's going to last uh, throughout the whole winter down below there.
1: Now, Stan, I you really
3: had, agree with that.
1: Stan, you had some good uh, yellowfin uh, fishing down there, but it looks right. like you guys punished the Wahoo. Tell us about that.
2: Well, let's speak to the, the yellowfin first, because it was just one of those things where everybody's scratching around and having a tough time down there. We pulled in. And we found or just found a, a grip load of that fish between 80 and I would say 150 pounds, but kind of the warm-up, <laughs> if you want to call it warm-up that. And, and everybody got a chance to, to play with it. I mean, it was just one of those things where they wanted to bite. Some of the guys had a little tough time kind of figuring out that bite where you got to get it away from the boat. Um, I ended up with 10 bites and handed off five of them to the first day real quick to get them, get them away from everything and uh, get the guys, everybody, to pull on one. Uh, and then uh, the next morning, he said, oh, we went and made bait that night. The next morning, Jeff goes, we're going to go see if we can find the big ones. then we, we got down there, anchored up outside, way outside there, and got into the zone and uh, got things ready and then pulled out and, and got into a load of that fish that was out there. And we just started catching that fish anywhere from, I would say, 150 to 200 and some change. Uh, in, right off the bat in the morning. And battles were on. It was pretty epic watching the guys. Cause, I mean, it wasn't one or two guys that were hooked up. Like Paul said, we had 14 or 15 guys hung. And guys were getting bit and moving around. Somebody get one on the boat and another guy get hooked up. At one point in time, you got five or six guys working around the, the bow of the boat and trying to get around the bulb. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's when you know rocks. you got an
3: experienced crew, huh, Stan?
2: Uh, I can't even tell you, we're all sitting there, especially when you get five or six guys, all of this big fish, I mean, and everything is, I'm, I'm gonna guess the stuff that we had hung at that time was between, I'm going to say 170 to, a, to 200 pounds and maybe a little over. In fact, there were two or three that were over. but we were all we all just got stuck up on the bow trying to get around the ball just the way this boat was moving and, and it was pretty it was pretty incredible. You got three guys kneeling on the bow from the crew and everybody's passing rods back and forth, and everybody just said, grab the first rod that you get, and then hold on to it until we can figure out who's got what rod where. and We all ended up with the same rod, our own rod, a little later on. And all ended up <laughs> fishing. But it was, it was, it, we're all looking at each other like, well, one of us is going to get broke off, and nobody did. We had, the crew was phenomenal. We just had the, probably one of the most fun trips you could have. Uh, the next, uh, we, that was in the morning. Moved around a little bit, got into more fish that afternoon, went made bait that night. Came back out and uh, got into the area the next morning, and it went from all the way from the morning through the midday and into the late afternoon, the fishing was pretty steady. We even yep. ended up, one of the guys hung a 300-pound black marlin, uh, which ended up on the deck. We were trying to get rid of it, but it didn't make it that far. Mm-hmm. And, but a 300-pound black marlin is pretty impressive to watch along with a 260-pound tuna that same day. And then uh, a little later on that afternoon, one of the guys hung a black marlin that was at least 500-plus. That was as big as the stern of the boat it looked like. I mean, it was just massive. as They unbuttoned and let go. But the fishing was incredible. Uh, we were just blessed with great fishing until we decided to leave and let go. We've had enough tuna. We've got enough marlin. Uh, we then we took up and went off the line, and Jeff goes, let's stop and see what the lower banks are doing. So we stopped on the Morgan. We didn't get um, any you know, on the Morgan, but we did catch a bunch of the the uh, grouper that were there. So we had a lot of fun with the grouper. Everybody got a bunch of grouper and had some fun with that. We ended up sliding up to the, the potato bank, and on the potato... Uh, I got one about 170 pounds. Another guy got one, one about 150 pounds. right off the bat in the morning, and there was five other fish or something like that caught there as we split up the line and, and got into the kind of early morning. They went away, and we started moving up towards the 23 and across the 23. Of course, that's just outside of Medic Bay. And every every one of the Mexican guys that had a, a charter was out there trying to troll around with the wahoo that had been there. So we left that arena and came up the line a little further. And around about someplace on the 17, we laid into an area of of Wahoo where we had a full four-way jig stop, a five-way jig stop. And we stopped, and it looked like, if anybody's ever been in a wide-open draw, where the water is lit up, and they're all over underneath the boat, zinging in all kinds of different ways. Everybody was on. I mean, the whole boat was pissed, And guys were running around, and you know how fast these wahoo can move. And, and we, over probably three and a half, four hours of time, landed uh, over uh, about 100 of them at least and lost probably 300 of them. But the time the time we had was, was phenomenal fun. And we got it down where everybody got one on the boat, and when we started the boat up, we started trolling. We found out who didn't have one yet. We put them off the guys who didn't have one. One of the time, we put them on the back, and whatever rod went off, that was theirs first. We didn't have one. We got the next one. And we kept going until everybody got one on the troll, and then everybody put the bombs back in the water. They're eating bombs really well. Um, Gary, i got to give Gary Kwan from Taddy Lures came on the boat, and uh, he provided tatties for everybody, along with he had these new bait wraps you could put over any of your old baits, and you'd dunk them in hot water in a second. In a second, they would have turned out to be these unbelievably beautiful baits, and everybody was throwing but the tatties and the bombs, and the fish were eating them left and right. It was probably the most epic wahoo bite I've ever seen. Or ever been. Oh, yeah. It's just,
3: it's that many. that and it, 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 thing about the wahoo is they are so fast, and people don't realize that they will be up and around the bow and down the other side of the boat before you can make it up to the bow. It is just unbelievable the speed of those fish.
1: And important, obviously, to stay in front of the fish if you can, because if Stan, like he said, if everyone's hooked up, man, that almost sounds like organized chaos.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: uh, it, it, it was you heard guys. Everybody was screaming and laughing at the same time. <laughs> so you couldn't help. I mean, there was just screaming laughter. Jeff was jumped up on the tank, and he's going, he is yelling his heart out. Uh, so you got the captain on the, up on the bait tank, blowing bait. All the deckhands were busy chasing around guys at high speed. <laughs> it really was high speed. And uh, and it was nuts for the whole afternoon. We were there. For a, we spent a total of five hours in that bite. We had it down to where the last guys in the crew, we had the Virgin Troll. Sony's that never caught one before on there. And then we had a, the crew who, so we put the crew on there so they could catch the who, and we got the gaffer. The, the cruise fish, and we were just having a great time. So you can only imagine, but the guys were just having the time of their life. We've had great tuna fishing. we had incredible, you know, we had to stop on the, uh, everybody got a chance to the grouper, and then we got into the wahoo that was lit up with the rest of the day, and then we took off and came up the line and spent some time on the yellowtail and calico's and miscellaneous up there at uh, Benitas and, and Cedro's.
3: Now Paul had
2: a really leisurely trip home it was
1: just now, incredible. Paul as we get uh, deeper into the season you say you're going to be running through March uh, it, can uh, you expect that this fishing's going to get better or uh, for this time of no. the year did Stan have just an exceptional
3: trip? Well Stan had a good trip. I mean we you know it was a great trip that we had. I don't you know Fishing down below the fish, we're not going to run out of fish. A lot of times when you have slow fishing, it's not because there's no fish. It's because there's a lot of bait. And, I mean, I've been at Hurricane and Clarion many times, and I've seen it to where the fish were there, but the big schools of skipjack are around and big schools of puffer fish and flying fish. and So the fish have a lot of uh, feed, so they don't, they're not as eager to bite your hook as great. But when you roll in there and the bait is not there, well, the fish are still there. You roll in there and there's not as much flying fish or not as much, uh, natural bait in the area. Those fish are starving and they want our sardines so bad. They love sardines. Sardines one of the best, uh, big tuna baits, you know, uh, in general. They love that sardine. And I mean, that, that's what makes fishing better on some trips than others. It's not because so much the fish aren't actually there. It's the fact that the bait, uh, there might be too much bait in an area and the fish aren't as, aren't as hungry. I mean, I've had times where we blow the fish out. After we get them on the deck, we'll put a, a big hose down their stomach to see what they've been eating. And you would be amazed at how many pounds of food comes out of their uh, bellies. And then, and then sometimes when the fish are really biting good, we blow out their bellies and it'll be like hardly nothing comes out of their bellies because so they're mm. so hungry. And wow. so there's a lot of variables, but I do, just, the fish, the fishing will be good. Um, my, I'm projected all, it, they, they should be biting all winter long because the water is not going to get, uh, cold. It's gonna probably the coldest we're gonna see it is probably the high seventies at the at the at the coldest this year especially.
1: Now, Paul, I'm hearing that it's hard to get aboard one of these long range boats right now because everyone's anticipating epic fishing. How's the scheduling looking on the Independence?
3: We're basically, uh, you know, we have two spots open for my next trip that comes in. It's a ten day trip that that leaves. And we'll be fishing the area that uh, Stan was just describing to you there at the end of our trip, the Morgan, the, the Potato, the the Ridge where we got all the Wahoo. That's all my 10-day area, uh, the Lejos rocks. And that trip should be unbelievable. And believe it or not, there are two openings on that trip that leaves, uh, I believe, on the 12th. Wow. Well,
2: there's 300-pound fish caught in that arena down there already. I mean, bigger yeah. fish come from that lower bank than they do from Clarion or or even uh, out, of, out of the hurricane.
3: So wow. this yeah. is
2: an opportunity, people. This, this fish is moving in, and, and actually, the op, I think the opportune time is now upcoming rather than wait.
1: Right. Well, Paul, if uh, we you want to check in on if those spots are available or if you have spots available down in the future, how's the best way to go about doing that? Uh,
3: the, uh, there's two best ways. One is called direct at 619 226 6-0-0-6. That's Independence Sport Fishing's uh, main office. That's Judy. Or you can just go on my website, and you can look and see how many openings there, there are on the, each trip. We have it right on the website, and that is independentsportfishing.com. It's a real easy website to get on it. We have pictures. We have Facebook link right to that. Um, you can look at my schedule. You can see if the trip is actually sold out or if there's, like, two spots available on that particular trip that you're looking into. The trip that we just got in on, on Stan's trip, there was, I believe, eight gentlemen from back east that mm-hmm. cannot yep. make next year's trip. And so we know right away there are definitely some openings, unless Stan already has them full. I'm not aware of okay. Well, we
2: got a bunch of them full already. I haven't made all my phone calls, obviously, but I'm here in, in Texas instead of at the house. I flew right from the boat to Texas with my daughter, son-in-law, and my grandson. We've been having a great time while i'm here so
1: all right I will well, be Stan, back on let, let us let you go so you can get back with the family and i appreciate you giving us a call and and cluing us in on your trip and paul strausser owner operator of the independence thanks for uh... chipping in man it sounded like it was a great trip and if if you're looking to really enjoy some great fishing now's the time to get aboard
3: oh yes sir once again, independentsportfishing.com. That's the main. Uh, that's the start of your uh, your future in the big fish world. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> Let me say one thing to that. I got to thank Paul for and his crew for what a great boat and what a great group of people he's got working for him. And Paul is one of my favorite people in the industry. He in and Mark are great guys. They do their homework for us. But I got to bring up one thing. I'm here in Texas, but pretty well connected with the fishing industry. And 45 minutes ago, I got a call from some of my friends that were. Uh, out in the world of bass fishing. And uh, Shay McEntee from Stoked on Fishing was with uh, Matt Newman and Paul Bailey, and they were headed up to Clear Lake, but before they got there, they were going to stop at Bullard's Bar, which is an incredible fishery all in itself up in Northern California. And I got a call it. Paul Bailey, while fishing at Bullard's Bar, has just voted the new world record spotted bass of 11.5 pounds. They'll get an exact weight on it. They'd call, I gave him Mike Juicy's phone number to call Mike. And uh, get a, how to get it registered with the state to make sure they got the right deal with it. But this is our report for everybody to know that we've got a new world record with Paul Bailey. Well, it's far out. first, fast, eleven and a half pounds. And we'll try to get a hold of him and have him on next week, and that way I can go meet my family and we'll finish our weekend here for the Thanksgiving weekend. and We'll talk to you later. How's that?
4: All
1: right. Thank you, Stan, for that report, and Paul Strausser from Independent Sports Fishing. Thanks a lot for
3: being with us. You're welcome. Take care now.
1: All right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we're running just a tad bit over again, but uh, I know that was all good stuff. Coming up next, Phil Friedman, but stay tuned. we got to take a break right now.
5: Now.
6: Adventures. Call today HM Landing 619 222 1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 1144 or hmlanding.com.
7: and Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your baitcasters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355.
1: This segment of Ron Real Reel Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information.
0: It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Real Radio. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome.
1: And Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Real Radio. That was a great report. Uh, from uh, 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 Paul Strausser and also Stan Vandenberg on the long-range fishing. It sounds like it's ready to bust loose. But let's find out what's hope- happening locally. And it's time for What the Heck is Phil Thinking? With a voice and host of PFO Radio, Mr. Phil Friedman. Phil, thanks a lot for waiting. How's everything going for you on this Thanksgiving weekend? It is going great, John. It is so nice to hear your voice and so nice to be with, Everybody, it's been a
8: great Thanksgiving. Well, with the exception of a game maybe yesterday that I wasn't all that
1: thrilled with the ending of. But, uh, but other than that, it's been a nice weekend, John. Oh, man, not only that, I think it knocked your team out of uh, any bowl uh, contention, did it not? Well, out
8: of any major bowl, probably. Yeah. And uh, for, for sure out of playing for the national championship. And, you know, us uh, Notre Dame guys, uh, when Lou Holtz took over there and, and lost a couple of games, uh, I remember the Notre Dame uh, priest that was in charge of the university said, but Coach, you don't understand. We don't like losing two games here. So he lost one the next year. and He says, no, we like going undefeated. Do you understand? <laughs> and so we're all spoiled And if they lose a couple of games, even though it was a couple of points, the two really good teams were disappointed. But they were injury-racked, and uh, they played a great game. And hats off to Stanford. The kid that was the quarterback for Stanford had a nice story of his father just passed away. From cancer and actually went to Notre Dame, so it was nicer. And Amber Duff, who runs Helgrind's Oceanside's nephew plays for Stanford.
1: So you know, we're going to lose to somebody. The Cardinal, I guess, we're the team to do it too. Well, Phil, I tell you, even though we had uh, some stormy weather come through uh, this, uh, uh, you know, end of this week and into the holidays for November, we're not doing too bad on the local scene when it comes to fishing. No,
8: John, it's incredible. Hey, I want to send out my best wishes to uh, Jimmy and Eliza- Elizabeth Gutierrez. They run Big Fish, Bait, and Tackle here in Seal Beach, and we had a Black Friday. Great, great turnout with a ton of people, and we have over $20,000 in shirts and toys and oh, all good. kinds of that will be going down to Takate on January the 10th. Thank you so very much to everybody who came out. So generous, all the folks. And we're going to go down to Takati on January on the 10th for Dia de Reyes will a whole bunch of stuff. Jimmy and Elizabeth make so much of that happen. You know, John, um, Scott Buchard from Corona Del Mar just called me. And he was saying, you know, the San Diego only has 60 yellowfin today. It doesn't sound too. <laughs> and I go,
9: are you? It's, it's December. 60 yellowfin tuna. I mean- oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, not only that-,
1: that, if you add up their total for the entire week. It's a bunch. Oh my God! There has been the old
8: glory with limits of yellow tuna. A lot of these guys fishing in the Mexican waters now, and just really doing well. And there's some Dorado mixed in, and it's incredible fishing. Several hundred fish taken on Friday and Saturday. It seemed to have dipped a little bit today, but don't ride it off. I mean, we had like we had those gale force winds at one point, and yeah. I didn't think that would shut the bite off, and it didn't. And, and it's still roaring on. And I think you're going to see this thing come roaring right back. I don't think it's over, and I do believe we'll see yellowfin tuna through the first of the year, and God knows when it stops. That bite has been absolutely incredible. A lot of anchovy fish, so you can scale your tackle down a little bit, 25-pound test with the number one hook, and, again, getting a bait in the water. If you're chasing dolphin pods, when the captain tells you to get in the water, you want to get in ASAP. Those guys that go in the water first so many times get bit first, so keep that in mind. But if it's been phenomenal down that way. I'm talking to my friend Doug Rubin, who's a private boater down that way. He's had great fishing. There's been yellowfin tuna out on the nine-mile bank right there outside of San Diego. So it just goes on, and we're bumping into Christmas. Now we've already had our Thanksgiving yellowfin tuna. So now we're starting to look at Christmas, and it's really incredible. Pauline Morales, guy that loves our Spanish radio show, John, just sent me a photo, and I just got it up so I'd have it up for your show. It's on PFO on Facebook. He caught a really big OPA today on the three quarter day boat Victory out of Pierpoint Landing oh in God. Long Beach. Oh uh, I know. He just sent me it and he's thrilled to death. He's a great guy. And I've got that photo up. Looks like a big fish, probably 80ish, something like that, I'm guessing. Caught it on a jig, a Savage Gear squish jig. And uh, man, he was on that fish for quite some time. But. There you go with some more crazy stuff. Nice 25-pound halibut and big rockfish on the half-day boat Southern Cal today. They've been doing really, really well. They had wide-open skipjack and wide-open rockfish over the weekend also on the Indian out of Redondo. A few, uh, they had a, a sea bass, a yellowtail, a halibut on board the Spitfire today with good rock fishing and Channel Islands rockfish bite has been really, really excellent also. And here in the surf, well, to celebrate Thanksgiving and make this a total disaster this weekend with Notre Dame losing, I decided, hey, I'm going to another Thanksgiving party tonight. Man, look at that sunset out there. It looks beautiful. I'm going out, and I'm getting myself a fish before I go to the next party. Well, I got something, all right, another stingray in my foot. Another one. And so I got screwed up with another stingray, and I've been talking to some of the guys here that surf and talked to one of the neighbors, Brandon, and another guy, Todd, up the street here, and they said there are so many stingrays out there. There are just hundreds of them all over the place. So, on our I came up with a solution to this, John. I don't know what uh, everybody's going to think about it, but I had Doctor Topete, who's a doctor that is on our Spanish radio show, and she talks about how to treat wounds or nutrition or great recipes with fish. I had her give a machaca stingray recipe out on the show last time we were on and i highly admonish everybody out there to try it it is delicious and maybe we can diminish some of these things that are sticking me and ruining my thanksgiving celebrations john how about this for a headline three of us tom rafting bob osborne phil friedman Twenty-seven corvina today in the surf.
1: Oh, man.
8: Twenty-seven corvina. How do you like that?
1: What was the the grade of fish that you were catching there? They
8: were like about, I would say, two to three inches long. We were catching them in the sand crab uh, catcher, and we were catching all these fries, these small little corvina. (laughs) And we had just under 30 of these things. It's great to see the ocean so full of life. I lost one really big one. My line snapped on me. I'm still kicking myself over one big Corvina, it's the only one we hooked. But there's so much small fry on the beach right now, all these small little uh, Corvina that are all over the surf. And, John, the surf today, while we were out there this afternoon, we not only saw all that fry along the beach, but we saw schools of sardines. There were ospreys picking fish out of the surf. There were bird schools of pelicans and birds and seagulls hitting the water. There were sea lions, dolphins. It was just so full of life down there and i videotaped it i haven't had time to edit it but i'll have it up tomorrow really great stuff and all this small corvina around on the beach is an indication at least to me that we're looking at a pretty healthy ocean and things are looking good and you know all those stingrays out there also that's another indication that uh well i don't know what it's an indication it's an indication i'm probably going to get stuck again here real real soon you
1: know phil uh- yeah, I know that you like to use sand crabs as a natural bait for those corvina and other fish. Is there a better time of the year that you find more sand crabs or larger sand crabs? Or uh, d- Tell me the story about that. You know, John, it seems like when the water just starts to get up over 60 degrees.
8: So, I mean, we're in a whole other universe right now. Yeah. As you know these water temperatures. But normally you're in the high 50s there in the wintertime, January, February. And then March, you start to creep up over 60, and you start to see sand crabs. And as you get deeper into summer and the water warms up, you'll see a lot of sand crabs. So we, dra- we, we went down there to drag and just check it out and see if there were any sand crabs. And we could not find any beds, couldn't see any or anything else. But as we were scooping, we were scooping up copious amounts of these small corvina in the surf, and that was kind of a trip. But normally it works like that. You'll, you'll go through your wintertime. There'll be no sand crabs. You'll get the water temp to get up to over 60. And you'll get a few, and then the higher up you go, 63, 64, 65, that's when you'll start to see the beds. You'll be able to see the sand crabs. You'll be able to go out and make that bait. And that's when those Corvina are also really keyed in on it, and it's a great bait to use when that's going on.
1: You know, it, you know I see it, the weather I, reports. It, it, the weather... Phil, I see the weather reports, and one thing I have to kind of chuckle at, they talked about the water getting cooler, that it's only uh, 66, 65, 64 degrees. For this time of the year, that is still fairly warm water it's very warm water john no question about it and that's why i don't think there's an end in
8: sight in terms of like these local yellowtail while it has dipped down right now i think that's going to come back and the yellowfin that kind of water temp is getting really kind of dicey but they seem to be hanging in there they seem to be biting well i know sean morgan who's a great marlin fisherman up here while they haven't caught many marlin here recently they were catching marlin in 65 degree water which is very cool for stripe marlin, a little bit cool for stripers. They want to be up there around the high 60s or the 70s for them. But So maybe these fish have kind of adapted to this whole thing, and they're going to hang in there and continue to bite. And, you know, like I was telling Scott, 60 yellowfin tuna on a three-quarter day boat. <laughs> in all, it's almost December. That is a great score, a fabulous score. And we can't lose sight of that, John. It's been really fantastic. And you look at uh, Pauline Morales with that big Opa on board the victory today. I mean, things are still crazy and still going on and still some really excellent fishing, I think.
1: You know, Phil, when you look at what the grade of those fish were back in uh, uh, September, we were getting uh, a lot of those small fish uh, in the 8, 10, 12-pound range. The grade of fish that is coming in on these three-quarter-day boats and off our local bank is really nice. It's beautiful grade fish, you know I mean?
8: Uh, they had one that was up there almost 100 pounds on the San Diego here over the weekend, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And and there's been some nice fish, 15, 25, 30, 40-pound yellowfin tuna. And, man, that is nothing to scoff at uh, at any time of the year, anywhere on the planet. That is good fishing. When you add to the fact that we're almost into our winter season here and we're catching that great that of fish locally on three-quarter-day boats, it's pretty spectacular, John.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, now, Phil, tell us, uh, you're collecting a lot of jerseys for the kids in Takati. If people are interested in making a contribution or maybe they have some other apparel like like shoes or blankets or anything else like that, will you accept that, and how's the best way to get a hold of you in order to get those donations?
8: Oh, John, thank you so much. I'll give you my phone number, and people can call, or they can always drop stuff off at Big Fish Bait and Tackle in Seal Beach, and we can pick it up. They've been so kind. As to establish a little corner where we can put the stuff, and then we pick it up, move it over to uh, Gall- Gallagher Staging Warehouse, and uh, we're keeping it there until we move it down to Takati, and that'll be uh, January the 10th. But if anybody would like to contact me and help out with this, and I'll tell you, I met so many wonderful people, Dan Anderson and so many other folks that came and went out of their way to get a toy and bring it down or bring some school supplies. My number is 424 237 five zero text me call me and uh, we can make arrangements to pick some things up or you can bring it down and maybe we can uh, go out and step on a stingray together to celebrate
1: (laughs) well you know phil if you got time i've I've got a story for you you know this last uh uh saturday we had the angler swap meet here at angler's arsenal great crowd showed up, a lot of sellers, a lot of buyers, there was a a lot of great bargains to be had, and along about 11 o'clock or so, everyone's out in the front of the building and they're talking about what's happening, and guys are in the back, all of a sudden we hear a lot of sirens, and you can hear them coming down Center Street, which is right in front of Angler's Arsenal, some of the people, they start walking out this way, all of a sudden this dude in this car just goes ripping by the shop, and then he makes a right-hand turn, like you see in the, the stunt shows, into the parking lot right next to us. And the next thing you know after that, there is a line of police cars that are zipping down on Center Street and go right by the store. There's you know, six or eight of them. They all got their sirens on, and they go right by the dude, right past the store. And this guy's sitting in the parking lot all by himself with a with his uh, girlfriend in there, and they're having a little bit heated discussion. There was one gal that got on her cell phone, called up the La Mesa Police Department, and said, hey, that guy that you're looking for, he's (laughs) right (laughs) next to the parking lot at 8183 Center Street. Get back here. And sure (laughs) enough, the lead highway patrol guy, he made the U-turn around, came in front, Block the guy off from getting away. The next thing you know, there's 14 cop cars there. They've got their guns drawn. They're yelling at the guy. They rush the car and they rather unceremoniously escort him out of the car through the driver's side window. So, you know, when you come to Angler's Arsenal, not do you do you not only get great values, great bargains, but you get a show. Besides that, (laughs) (laughs) I hope you can arrange something like that next year. I'll I'll be there, man. I want (laughs) to. What a great story, John. That's funny. Uh, well, Don, you know, sometimes the, the best stories, there's just no way you can make them up, Phil. Hey, I listen, know. Phil, if we want to get a hold of you here, the uh, uh, Spanish-speaking shows, uh, you know, get on your blogs, find out what's the latest that's happening. How's the best way to do it? Don, you're very kind. Thank you so much. You can go to PFO
8: on Facebook, or you can go to Aventuras Al la de Libre on Facebook for our Spanish-speaking friends. Two websites, pfomedia.com, aventurasaladelibre.com, and we are on in Spanish covering the great outdoors with a heavy emphasis on fishing, Friday nights at 9 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. on AM 690. John, always such a pleasure to be on Rod and Reel Radio with you, and I'm glad you had such a great event with such great uh, a great show to go along with it, and uh, I'll have to make that next time for sure. I'm just hoping...
1: The cops won't be chasing me. Worth the price of admission for sure, Phil. Hey, Phil Friedman from Phil Friedman Outdoors. Phil, thanks for taking some of your Sunday to be with us. We look forward to talking to you not only during the week, but next Sunday night on Rod and Reel Radio. Don, it is always such a pleasure to be with you and everybody else. Have a great finish to your Sunday, and I'll see you soon, my friend. All right. You take care, sir. Hey, that's it for now. Coming up next captain james nelson the fish icon we're going to talk about what's happening in the local california inshore report here but stay tuned we've got to take a break we'll be right back after these messages
5: tuna hooks, ring the hooks tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. My angler H2O, I will
9: scent my lure with pride. And hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats and outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here and always Always wear my life jacket. What's your age two
0: O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California.
1: This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rocklease at your local fishing tackle dealer. Welcome back to Rod and Real Radio. You know, just a little while ago, I alluded to the swap meet that was here at Angler's Arsenal. I want to thank again all the people that showed up on Small Business Saturday on behalf of Angler's Arsenal and all the small tackle stores around. I know they had great days. Thank you for coming and doing business with us. We hope we were able to show you some great value, passed on some fantastic information, and that you come on back and visit us again before the year's up. So thanks a lot for uh, coming and and joining us this past Saturday. Hey, now it's time for the California inshore report with the fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, what's happening out there? John, what's happening? <laughs> it's November and the sun is shining. What's happening with you? <laughs> you know, What's happening to this El Nino, uh, uh, Captain James? I mean, we're supposed to be uh, getting washed out to sea, and uh, right now uh, the storms that are coming through are, uh, are a whimper of what they're uh, anticipated to be.
10: Well, you know, I don't know about that, but, you know, when they come, they come, you know, and they seem to come when, uh, when I've got family in town and we want to go look at a kelp paddy and we have to drive nine miles an hour. And I uh, can't get out to where the kelp patties are because we're in a little boat. So, you know, oh. but, you know, the next day it seems to be beautiful and flat calm. So, hey, whatever. So my brother and I didn't get out to the kelp patties that like we wanted to, whatever.
1: Well, <laughs> you know, we've talked about uh, some of this, this great uh, tuna fishing that's still on out there. And I think you are probably experiencing some of the best fishing that you've seen since you've been guiding. Is, is that pretty much the case?
10: Well, again, John, you know, when somebody wants to go offshore, we get nine-foot swells. And uh, when we want to stay in the bay, we get, you know, zero-mile-per-hour wind and flat, calm water. So, you know, I have no idea, John. I have no idea what's going on offshore. I don't want to talk about it. I'm disgusted with it. And quite frankly, if I had to make a living off of it, I would sell my boat. (laughs) Well, I hope that doesn't sound negative. It's kind of funny, you know, it really is. It's just... You know, when we want to stay local, we get nice flat beautiful water. When we want to make a run, we get bumpy stuff and get wet.
1: <laughs> you know, hey, hey listen, Captain James I had uh, in charge, John. <laughs> you know, don't don't tell that to Dr. <laughs> Jim because after that last trim, uh, trip that the three of us went on, Dr. Jim called me up on um uh, uh what was it? It was uh Saturday. No, Saturday? Yeah, called me up on Saturday and said uh John, uh, I'm available to go out this Thursday. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you spoiled us me. guys, <laughs> just like you spoiled a lot of your other clients out there. You know,
10: and that's it. That's the beauty of the what we've got right now. You know, it doesn't matter if you go long or short. You're going to find fish that are willing to bite. Right now in the bay, I can't. I have not seen it this good, John. I mean, we had. I had a family yesterday, and we got. We even got calicos just right outside of Shelter Island Pier. You know, oh we're just gosh. drifting those ledges, those flats. We're getting calicos, halibut, sand sandbass. We had a big sandbass caught yesterday, and a lot of it is on small bait. These fish right now, there's a lot of little anchovy, little uh, micro minis. So, you know, our buddy Tommy called them no seams uh, and that's what they look like in the water. You can't see them, but you know that there's bait there because the water is just blowing up all of a sudden with mackerel and jack smelt and everything else and you drop below there with the cast master or those small swim bait and you can go to town on some fish right now it's fun
1: you know it seems like and is this the pattern jim that when you you get onto a place where the bait is that almost everything that lives in the bay will be under that bait ball because whether or not there's fish feeding on the surface or there's uh, fish you know in the uh, middle uh, water column that there's always bait that's stunned or trying to get away or dropping on down. That no matter where where the fish are in the water column, they're benefiting by that bait ball.
10: Absolutely, you know, and and it's really no different than offshore. That's what guys are doing is they're running out, they're looking for bird activity, uh, bait activity. It's the same thing in the bay. You just look for the birds. And I'm not talking about the seagulls. You know, they're probably falling on french fries or popcorn, so I ignore them. But when I see terns and I see greaves and I see uh, even cormorants, you know, I know that there's fish to be had down there, and that's, and that's what we're fishing on. It, you, you just watch the bird activity, and uh, it's, it's a blast. I mean, it's, it's all about running and gunning, too. I mean, you'll get a bunch of activity. Like you said, everything in the area gets stirred up with all the bait that's falling. The bait wises up; it moves, and everything moves with it. So you just you you stop and you fish for a while, catch as many fish as you can. As soon as it seems like you've got three, four minutes going in between bites, and you look up, there's no activity. Just look for those birds again, and run and gun.
1: You know that, and and that's really uh, what makes fishing in uh, San Diego Bay or Mission Bay so <clears throat> dynamic because there there is such a diversity of fish that. There's always something that you can go after there.
10: Absolutely, and and I like it because it keeps me awake while I'm out there. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, while everybody's out there catching fish, reeling them in, I'm taking them off the hook, taking pictures, high fiving I'm also looking around. I'm constantly keeping my eyeballs open. And if you're out there with buddies and you're fishing, it's the same thing. I mean, you don't have to stare at the end of your rod. Just cast out there and keep looking around. And if you're catching fish, great. If not, you know, just keep looking because there's always something going to be biting something somewhere.
1: And, well, you know, uh, Jim, you as a professional <coughs> guide, what I like going on about you is that obviously we <coughs> go out and I'll bring you know some baits and everything that I want to throw and we'll go on out and we'll fish them and all of a sudden we find out that maybe there's something else that there's biting on. I didn't uh, uh, bring that and you have a bunch of them and, and as the guide, man, you are just uh, willing to share that with your clients, and uh, that's one of the beauties of going out with uh, a fellow like uh, the fish icon.
10: Yeah, absolutely. And You know, and I tell people that all the time. I I get people right up until the night before we're going to meet, they'll call and say, okay, what do I need to bring? And I tell them, look, just show up. You don't have to bring a thing. If you got your favorite rod or a lure you can't wait to throw, by all means, bring it. But you don't have to bring a thing. All you got to do is show up. I've got it all, you know. And if, if they're not biting what I got, then they're not biting <laughs>
3: because
10: you, you see how I, my, my boat is a, is a floating tackle shop and, and as soon as I run out, I, I know a guy, <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: know, I know a guy that knows a guy too, <laughs> hey, you know, well, uh, and, you know, and, and that's the thing because of the fact that whether you're here just for, uh, a few hours that you can go fishing or you want to take the kids fishing and you want to show them some new technique or you're not feeling confident enough that, hey, uh, you want to look good as a granddad in front of the grandkids and take them on a trip they're always going to remember, that's a good thing of going out for you because you're spending 260 days on the water. So the chances are pretty good you've got a good idea what's happening uh, on the day that those clients go out with you.
10: Absolutely, you know, and, and, I, and I know enough guys that I'm talking to all the time. There's guys that are out there that have different specialties, and, uh, you know, so I may not be able to get out there to those tuna that are biting at the 302 or, or beyond or anywhere out there, but I know where they are, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know guys. So, uh, so And that's what I tell people, too. I mean, if there's something that I can't get you on, or or uh, a particular fish that I have not been targeting in a while, I know people who are, and I I give referrals to the to the right people in the right part of the industry and, you know. But when it comes to you know fish in the bay, fishing the local kelp, if it's something that I've been doing recently, uh, you better bet you that I know what's going on as far as that bite. And it's not because I'm a magician. It's just because, like you said, it's just time out there, and that's really what it is, John. Uh, whether you're on your boat, you go with friends or Go with somebody else, you know. Just it's the time on the water. Just keep putting in the time, and I've been really blessed at certain times to to be out there a lot with customers, and we just we just keep having at it. You know, as long as that bite's good, I'm going to keep having at that same bite, and as soon as it changes, we're changing with it. And this year has just been wonderful. It hasn't changed much.
1: know <laughs> uh, Jim, I. I'm like your your average client because I'm one of the guys that likes to pull on something. And, yes, we might say, hey, Jim, let's go on out and let's try this and let's try that. And if we say we're getting out and we get out in the mouth of the bay and we find out the conditions are such that it's going to be a miserable trip trying to go uh, farther south or trying to go north or anything like that, you're the guy with the experience that says, listen, guys. We're not going to do this today, but let's turn around. Let's go fish here because I know we can catch fish here. And I'm happy to do that because I'm just looking to catch something. You know, and that's that's a great attitude to have. You know, fortunately, my uh, my
10: brother, who, he and I went out on <laughs> Friday. He's up, down here from Idaho. Fortunately, I mean, he was just in the same mind mindset as that, John. And he and I both were thinking, you know what, um, you know, we could always go catch us some rockfish, and and that's what we did. We stuck it out till about ten thirty, eleven o'clock, trying to find the the magic seaweed out there, looking for patties out there in bumpy water. We decided, you know what? Let's just go get us some rockfish, and the rockfish are more than willing to to participate. As soon as you get to on them, I mean, it's almost like they're neglected right now. And I know a lot of people are, you know, we're pulling on cods, we're pulling on reds, we're pulling on. Well, we're even getting some good sand bass in some of the deeper water, Johnson. And it's been a lot of fun because it's almost the same thing on that, except that a lot of the signs for the bait is a little deeper. But you know, from that trip with uh, Dr. Jim, you know, we look down, we see that biomass, and right now it happens to be more red crab than anything. But a lot of times it's squid, and and uh, who knows whatever else. It could be clams for all that matter. But uh, you're looking down that deep water biomass, and something is feeding on that. Well, so Jim, we got down the.
1: We get the holidays up. There's a lot of kids going to be off uh, from school here in the coming weeks and everything like that. It looks like, you know, we're going to have great windows of opportunity to go fishing here. People want to sign up with you, find out, you know, what's happening, get a day to go. How's the best way to do it? Well, whether
10: they want to go to the Bay of the Kelp or beyond, give me a call at 619 395 or uh, check out the website, com. Go to that homepage and see pictures of our recent catches. That chases you to our Facebook account, and you check us out there. So, you know, it, it, there's plenty of ways to get a hold of me. Just Google Captain James Nelson and see what's happened too.
1: All right, Captain James, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, maybe one of these days we're going to talk about uh, uh, your uh, career as a rock star but we want to thank you very, very much for being with us and uh, being uh, giving up some of your Sunday night to, to be here. I know I'll be talking to you during the week, and we'll be definitely speaking with you next Sunday night on Rod Real Radio.
10: Absolutely, John. Hopefully you'll see me this week because I am running out of those little three-inch chartreuse gold swim tails. Not to say that that's what the fish are biting on, but for whatever reason, I'm running out of them.
1: We'd never want to give that <laughs> up, Jim, no. <laughs> hey, Captain James Nelson, the fish icon with the California Shore Report. Captain James, thank you for being with us. Hey, we got to take a break right now. Coming up in the next hour, still plenty of Rod and Reel Radio to come. Pro-Angler Dean Rojas from Lake Havasu is going to be with us and then later on in the hour. Mike Lump, general manager of Fred Hall Shows. So still stay tuned. More to come. We'll be back after these messages.
0: we
6: Adventures. Call today HM Landing 619 222 1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 1144 or
9: hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will never use that
7: Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT, to the Tour Mag, to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum. We are performance-tuned. You can get your quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or Angler's Arsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355.
11: Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford.
1: We want to welcome you back to our Rod and Radio. Hey, and you did hear... That uh, ad from uh, Alcohone Ford. You know, I know you were busy during Black Friday and you were visiting the tackle stores and loading up and doing everything that you could and uh, uh, out in the malls. And you thought, well, you know, I, I just didn't have time to go out and get uh, a deal on a car. Well, let me tell you, Alcohone Ford has extended Black Friday into this Monday. So you go on in this Monday to Alcohone Ford at Broadway in Maine, you talk to Clayton or you talk to Paul Dyke, tell him that you you heard about uh, their great deals that they're having right now for their Black Friday specials at El Cajon Ford. Get a hold of them, and you're going to get the deal of a lifetime on a new Ford product. So give them a call, El Cajon Ford and at Broadway in Maine in El Cajon. Well, I think we have it on. Uh, Jr. do we have Dean on with us? All right, thank you. Hey, it's my pleasure to uh, not only – introduce to you one of the most outstanding fishermen on the BASS circuit, but also a good friend of mine, been a good friend for a long time. We're going to catch up with what he's been doing during the 2015 series and a lot of the other things that he's been doing, Mr. Dean Rojas. Dean, how are you doing tonight?
11: Good evening, John. Glad to be back on the radio
1: show with you guys. Dean, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Hey, you know, Dean, you you were probably listening during that promo we did it a few years ago. You happened to mention that uh, uh, you were driving a Ford product. If I'm not mistaken, you are still driving a Ford product and putting a lot of miles on it too. Uh, how's that working out for you?
11: Well, um, you know, Paul Leader, uh, a long time ago. I mean, started helped me out in my career uh, when I needed it at you know the worst and uh... was uh... twenty one years old at the time and uh... i wanted this crazy idea about becoming a professional bass fisherman in and, and the time paul was uh, fishing the Wombass and the you know the pro-amateur pro, a, pro amateur, uh, level of tournaments here on the west coast and uh... I got to travel with him and got to help him um... You know, we learned a lot together during that time and uh... he was able to help me uh... in my career you know get to the next level and um... Since then, I've never bought anything but a Ford. <laughs> My whole family, that's all we drive, are Ford uh, trucks and Ford cars. So, well, tell, um,
1: us, tell us about the Ford product that you're uh, driving right now, because it's it's pretty dynamic. Uh, but it's something that you need for the amount of miles that you put on uh, in the season.
11: Yeah, I've, I've had them all. I've had you know F-150s, I've had Ford Excursions, and I've had F-250s, and the last, um, uh, five, actually the last four years I've ran a, a, a Ford Raptor, uh, which most of you know that a Ford Raptor is, is one of their, their high-end trucks. Uh, it's, it's, it's the best truck I've ever driven in my life. Uh, uh, the power that that truck has, the suspension and everything like that. It's not built for, you know, towing a boat across the country. Um, but, you know, I, I made it work and, and it's, it's probably the, one of the most popular trucks on tour because of, uh, you know, Toyota being a sponsor of the circuit, you see a lot of Toyotas out there and uh, I'm the only one running a Ford Raptor. So, uh, it draws a lot of attention, um, you know, and I've got Rigid Lights as, as one of my other sponsors. They decorate the lights on the truck and uh, I've got the ADD, which is a bumper company out of Phoenix that works in conjunction with Rigid and does some really exciting bumpers, uh, that uh, integrate the Rigid Lights and, and it just looks like a Baja truck. Uh, that you would race down, um, you know, for the one thousand. So it, it, it's it's a it's a quite uh, a beautiful truck, uh, matched with a, a nice Skeeter Yamaha boat in the back, and it's a great package. Uh, uh, it's a great publicity for my sponsors and stuff. So, but um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in that truck and the boat. You know, <laughs> it's my office uh, most of the year, so uh,
1: I want it to be right. And you want to be comfortable in it. And it sure sounds like you know we were uh, uh, talking uh, to. To uh, Charles Sims, uh, Charles uh, Evans, last uh, uh, week, you know, he lives in Ottawa, Canada, and he puts on forty thousand uh, miles a year. In fact, he's going to have twenty six hundred miles just to go to uh, Grand Lake for the Bassmaster Classic. I know that you have the opportunity to fly to a lot more places now than to have to start every, you know, every. Uh, you know uh, event that you're on uh, from Lake Havasu but you still managed to put some uh, miles on that vehicle
11: yeah you know it's um the guy from Canada he's you know that's a big step for him to to be going on tour and to traveling all that and you know, uh, but he's probably not going to get any sympathy for me because I've been doing it now for 16 years, <laughs> driving back and forth. And, uh, you know, we put a lot of miles and spent a lot of money on fuel going back and forth. So, uh, I, I, he's excited, I'm sure. And there's a lot, a lot of great things that he's going to experience next year on the Elite Series trail. And, um, you know, and, and I'm sure the, the least one he's going to be worrying about is the miles that he's driven. So, um, yeah, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I spent a lot of time behind the steering wheel, you know, and driving from across the country. Of course, this year we, you know, we 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 were up in uh, you know here in California, and then we went all the way back to you know New York, and and then everything in between, and then back and forth. So it's been a it's been an interesting um, year. We spent a lot of miles on,
1: on on the truck this year. Well, you know, and Dean, 2015, uh, I don't know from what I can indicate, has to be. You were saying you've been fishing the tour for 16 years. Has to be one of the best years that you've put in. Uh, agree or disagree?
11: Uh, I have to agree with that. You know, I, I've uh, I, I've finished in, in the top 10 about I think three times, three maybe four times in my career. Uh, in the angle of the year chase but i n- i've never led like like i did this year i i led for half the season uh, I was the number one rank angler in the in the nation and uh you know it, it was it was great to have all that momentum and stuff and 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 to keep it going uh but you know it's I know how to deal with all the the pressure and everything um but it's just it's tough sometimes i mean you're dealing with the best fishermen in the world and and you know and sometimes, if you hiccup once, you know they're they're, they're gonna they're gonna pass you. And 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 so um, I threw my best shot out there. At, you know, every, every event, um, it's the most points I've ever scored in my whole career, and uh, it just came up short and finished third overall in in the standings. But uh, I, you know, I want to look at the positive. I'm going to the Bassmasters Classic. Yeah. Um, you know, I got a lot of exposure uh, throughout the year, and a lot of great things came from that. So um I'll take it and move it to two thousand sixteen and, and we'll try it again.
1: Do it again. Dean, over over a career of sixteen years, I know when you started you probably had a, a certain number of lures and baits in your arsenal. And how has that evolved over the period of time? Do you still have a a, a lot of those things in your arsenal or have a lot of the things that you're using now really evolved into the stuff that wasn't even available at that time? That you're, you're finding that now you depend on.
11: Well, it's a, it's a combination of both, John. Um, you know, there there is some old stuff that I used to use in San Diego that I think about all the time when I'm out there, and, and um, you know, and, and the techniques that we would use, even though they were really good back then, and I don't know if they're just it, it, it's more advanced now or or the or the the, the base that we have are. Uh, can do a better job at covering water, you know that sort of thing. So it, it, you know, I often think about you know fishing in San Diego where I grew up and, and utilizing some of the, the techniques that I have, um, you know, for out for you know fishing you know throughout the country and so forth. But my arsenal has changed and it, it's grown over the years. You know, I've, I've become very good at drop shot. i been very good. Obviously, my frogging technique, my deep cranking is really good. I, I and I do a lot of things really, really well. Uh So I'm, I'm more rounded. I'm, you know, I can fish from a foot of water to 30 feet, and then back to 15, and you know, just constantly changing baits and knowing exactly what to look for and so forth. And then and those are the tools that you need at this level. You have to be able to switch gears so quickly like that. Uh, to be able to try and locate the fish, find them, and then catch them. So um, for me, I feel like that's where I'm at right now in, in my career. I'm, 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 I have a lot of tools in my arsenal right now, and I'm, and I'm able to, to, to rifle through them very quickly uh, on a body of water and try and figure the fish out and find out you know, the, the main pattern and what I need to do to win you know, or a top ten finish uh, for that matter.
1: You know, on day one of a big tournament, Dean, how many rods and reels will you have rigged up in your boat? Uh, you're ready to go at a moment's notice with with different baits uh, depending on what the conditions are. Or do you keep it down to just a very few so that you you don't get uh, sidetracked with trying to use one thing or another that that doesn't necessarily work?
11: Well, usually the my practice period will tell me you know how I'm going to prepare for the event and you know and there's there's lakes where you know, there's just a lot of grass, or there's just there's no grass. You know, I mean, so you're, you're constantly evaluating your your rod selection and your bait selection for that. But once I do find out what the fish are doing, or I feel like they're they're going to be doing, or you know, and then we're looking at the weather, we're looking at everything that has to do with the next week. You know, um, and once I've nailed it, you know, nailed it down, I usually it's three, four, five rods, main rods that I would have on the deck. But then I would have backup rods. Which when I mean by backup rods, I would have identical. Equipment rigged up in my rod box. So uh, say if I, I'm throwing them on a, catching them on a small crankbait or something like that, I would have the one on my deck and I would have two spares down below. You know, because uh, there's so many times where when tournament day comes out, you know, I mean, you could be throwing one crankbait for three days and never get hung up. You know, tournament morning, you're going to get hung up. You're going to bounce it off a rock. It's going to break. It's going to do something. You're going to backlash or whatever going to happen. It, you know, it, it always happens. When you're in in the heat of the battle, so what I've learned over the years is to have stuff that's backup, you know, so where I can just if I break a crankbait or something's not right, I just put it down, pick up another rod, I have the exact same line, rod action, speed of reel, everything, same bait, everything, so I don't even miss a beat. So a lot of that is just combating and being prepared for for stuff like that that happens and and what normally would take a lot of people out oh that was my favorite crankbait or that was my favorite you know Mm -hmm. uh you know bait i wanted to you know you just you you gotta yell let it go you know and and you know you can get upset and get mad because things are aren't you know you're fighting it the whole way and uh, so i try to combat all that by having (laughs) spare stuff uh, already rigged up so i don't have to deal with it and i just keep on trucking
1: you know my my phone here is getting messaged off the hook i've got Uh, (laughs) I've got guys galore wanting me to ask you questions, so if we bounce around a little bit, I'm going to try and get it in. If I don't get your question in, I'm going to be – I I apologize. But Kenny Marshall, he uh, is from La Mesa here. He uh, just uh, messaged us a little while ago, and he says, how does Dean handle the pressure? Because you've got a lot of money involved. You've got sponsors. You've traveled all this place. I mean – if you don't win, you don't, you don't make any money. Uh, how do you handle that pressure, Dean?
11: Well, um, Kenny and John, I, I, I know it may sound weird, but I, I just, I try to keep it simple. It's just fishing. And yes, you know, that we have a tremendous amount of expense. I mean, each event cost me about $7,500. Okay. And that's, before I even made a cast in the event that's paying for my hotel, my meals, my entry fee, gas, you know I mean everything, all the expenses so it's seventy five hundred dollars for one event for one week.
12: yeah
11: so you're spending a thousand dollars a day. But when you get on the water and you get you go through all that and, and trying to prepare for an, an event, you're trying to figure out what fish, what are the right fish there are that you need to target, to get you into you know, the top 50, which is the check, if that's something you want to do, or are you going to look for the fish that are going to be your top 10s and top 5s and your winning pattern? So you try to, you know, when you're out there, you, you just use your strengths. This is what I do. is I, I, I try to find water that I'm comfortable in fishing uh, in a technique that I like, which, whether it be frogging, flipping, you know, it drops. It doesn't matter. Whatever, I'll, I'll throw whatever I need to do to catch those fish. So once once I establish, you know, you know the, the size of fish that I want to, you know, um, to catch, then you got to think about managing them. Okay, this this is the four. If you're you're looking at an area or an, a lake or an event, you you've got four days to manage your fish because if you want to you know, win or make it to the final round, you've got to have enough fish to last you that so much of what a lot of guys do are one day events or two day events so they just you know they, they catch as many as they can on that one spot so a lot of times I hold back uh, I could probably catch more on the first day or second day but I'm holding back because I need something for day three and four and a lot of that may sound kind of weird but it's, it's a way of managing your fish so they'll last for four days and so Each body of water is different. You know, um, some of the lakes that we go to don't have big, big, you know, uh, populations of fish. So you really got to manage them. And there's other places like Gunnersville where you just you just catch as many as you can every single day. You know, Uh I mean, it's just it it, it all depends on the lake you're going to. But I always try to stay in my comfort zone, which is fishing my strengths, fishing what I know I know how to do very, very well. And so at that point, if I can get on that kind of pattern, I'm going to do very well in the event. And if you look at it in the aspect of you know how do you make money and stuff like that in the events, it's it's very very expensive. I mean to do this, and you, you really need good good funding, good sponsors. Otherwise, it's it's really um, very difficult to make a living uh, by just winning events and you know finishing high in the standings. So,
1: all right, especially hey.
11: especially with the caliber.
1: Dean, we got to take a break right now, but can you join us and stay around for another segment? Sure. Hey, we are speaking with pro bass angler Dean Rojas live from Lake Havasu talking about the 2015 BASS circuit. And maybe Dean will uh, give us an idea of what he has in mind that he's going to be doing coming up for the 2016 Bassmaster Classic. Stay tuned. More of Dean Rojas to come. We've got to take a break right now. We'll be back right after these messages.
7: Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com.
12: Movies, 2 roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers stateroom and open berthing areas an impressively large deck area 200 scoop bait capacity we have twin 6 ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one to view our schedule log on to HM Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144 you can also follow us on Facebook Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Hi, my name is Dennis
3: Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. But I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. And we do want to welcome
1: you back to our Rod and Real Radio. You know, it's our pleasure right now during the Thanksgiving weekend. To have pro-bass angler Dean Rojas, and the reason why I say it's a pleasure, Dean is on the road a lot during the course of the year. He happens to be at home right now spending some time with his family. Very important time for him. And so talking to us, I just feel like we are kind of intruding a little bit. But, Dean, I want to thank you for being with us.
11: Oh, it's my pleasure, John. You know, it's uh, back to the grindstone tomorrow. I'm going to be on the phone with all the sponsors again and, and get things rolling. i got some... Loose ends. I got to tie up before the first of the year and, and get everything ready to go. We're already you know putting boat designs on the wrap and truck already finalizing that this week and uh, just a lot you know all rods, reels, line, you know hooks. Everything's on order. Everything's coming in. So uh, it, it's a busy time for me the month the month of December, uh, getting everything ready to go before the first of the year.
1: You know, uh, Dean uh, Justin Lekitis and Sid uh, Reeves and Spro. Uh, they sponsor that uh, Spro Frog Tournament on Lake Havasu. And uh, it's an event where you show up and the uh, only lure that you can fish is a frog. And, you know, Lake Havasu now is becoming known more and more for uh, being a great smallmouth fishery. But, you know, fishing smallmouth on the frog hasn't been something we've thought about doing. But you've changed people's thinking when it comes to fishing the frog. So tell me, would When you're fishing around the country and you're getting on a body of water where, uh, let's say, uh, you know, St. Lawrence Seaway where it's a great smallmouth fishery, do you think about fishing the frog at all or are there other techniques that you're using?
11: Well, especially back there uh in New York, any of those new york lakes they they love to eat a frog anyways and and i can I can give you an instance that happened this year when we were up there fishing an event uh the second day, I think it was the second day I was really having a problem with the smallmouth the the schools that I found had had moved and everything and it was and I made a, an hour and fifteen minute run to this area you know and so the pressure started to go you know i I only got one and I think I broke one off, and it just things weren't weren't flowing and I remember telling my uh, my marshal at the time, I said, I'm going to go up to those Tulies over there. I know a spot where I can catch some largemouth. and just get some fish in the boat, get some get some good rhythm going. You know, some positive stuff. And so I went up there, John. And within 30 minutes, I had my limit <laughs> of largemouth on the frog. I mean, it was just I would catch them like every five casts, I would catch one. You know, and they weren't big, you know, but they at least they were fish in the boat. I went from one fish to having a limit. In 30 minutes, and I end up fishing for an hour, and, you know, largemouth. And I run back out there again, and I you know fish for smallmouth. And and I I I all of a sudden I have I'm invigorated now. I, I have a lot of confidence now, you know. And I I fish differently. I see, okay. I'm now like let's go here, let's go that, let's do this, do that. And next thing you know, I, you know, I end up weighing like almost 18 pounds of small you know smallmouth. I end up calling out three of those largemouth throughout the day, and had a had a great day, you know. But it, and, and sometimes you just need to get out of the area and then, you know, do something else and then come back to it, you know, with with, with a fresh mind, because, um, you know, and I feed a lot off of just on how I feel about the the spot that I'm fishing or the technique and stuff, and if I don't feel it, you know, I, I, I need to get out of that negativity type of stuff and get, you know, and just kind of clear my mind and then and then hit a reset button and go back, so... That works for me very well where I'm able to do that. Um, but they're the guys they just grind it out. You know, they just in their mind they're not gonna move and they're gonna keep doing what they would do. So um but talking about the frog anyways, uh, you know, it, it was it was it was a key key bait for me this year and stuff and, and uh you know, we continue to try and involve uh the the bait itself. Uh the Havasu event we have here every year has grown. Uh we started the first year we had sixty boats, uh the second year we had ninety three and this year we had well over a hundred. Um so and we're we're looking to get bigger and better every year and, and the fishing's phenomenal. We have great bags coming in. So um, they're already talking about dates for 2016 for the frog tournament here in Havasu. So it's wow, going to be a good yeah. one.
1: Well, the deal is Dean is that frog tournament at Havasu has really grown as you said. 100 teams and 100 teams at Lake Havasu is epic when it comes to a tournament over there, but you're also now uh, helping Spro run frog tournaments throughout the country and you you just did one a few months ago at Gunnersville and tell us how epic that was when it came to the turnout
11: well I mean we, we had I think they had like 300 we had 300 entries uh, for that one <laughs> uh, which we well, you know Gunnersville's you know three times the size of Lake Havasu, so I mean they, they could they could hold that that kind of kind of uh, you know uh, Crowd of, of, of frog fishermen. So, and Gunnersville is a phenomenal lake for frogging. Uh, it, it, it reminds me a lot on the Havasu because of, uh, you have a deep river channel and you have a lot of shallow bays and ditches that run off and lots and lots of grass. Um it was and we had a phenomenal turnout. Um you know, everybody was happy. Uh, the Spro puts on a really good hospitality, uh, area for the, for the people and for the wives and the fans and so forth. So, and they just, they're just, it's just their way of saying thank you to, uh, to you know the, the, the consumers and the customers that, that purchase our frogs.
1: Well, Dean, it's got to be satisfying for you because here you are on one of the premier lakes in the country and you, you tell the fishermen, hey, you can come and fish my tournament, but you've got to use the Dean Rojas bronze-eye frog. <laughs> and it's got to be gratifying to see how many people show up and what are they pulling out of their boats? A bunch of kermies.
11: Yeah, it's uh it you know it's we've, it's been 10 years now John since we 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 launched uh the original 65 bronze eye and the Poppin' frog and to this day it's still the number one seller in and all the big retailers and they give, I'm talking Bass Pro, you know Gander Mountain, Cabela's, uh Tackle Warehouse is number one and two the Poppin' frog and and the regular, I mean you name it we're number one across the whole board and and that's and that says something about the quality of the bait, you know, and, and the longevity of it, and, and you know, and all that work we put into making sure that thing was right ten years ago is, is still oh, yeah. stronger than ever. Uh, we, each year, we continue to come out with new colors, and, and we're getting better and better with just really detailed colors of, of baits and bait fish and so forth. But. Uh, we've got, a, we've got, uh, working on two, two new, uh, frogs that are going to be coming out. Um, one, we're going to, we're going to launch internationally. Uh, it's going to be under the Gamagatsu, uh, brand, which is, which is a high-end mm-hmm. Japanese, uh, you know, uh, bait that they, that they, they sell international throughout the whole world. Sure. And then, uh, the Spro lineup, we have a brand new one coming out that'll be launched at ICAST this year in July. Uh, that I've I've got samples I'm looking at them right now that that will be ready um, you know probably in the next uh, four or five months so I, I'm I'm working with that right now and and both of them are radical designs there's nothing else on the on the market that look like what we're we're building right now so for me that's exciting is is to build stuff that that nobody has and and nobody's doing and and to uh, and you know and, it's going to catch fish, obviously, I, I know that, and it's, it's going to be the great baits, and we're going to have great colors, and it's just, it's so exciting to be on, on the cutting edge like that.
1: Well, you know, kudos to you and your enthusiasm, because uh, I've been involved with Spro and Gamakatsu for a long time, been my pleasure yeah. to do that. Now, I remember the hesitancy that they first had when the proposal came in, the, let's do a frog bait, and the not only to do the bait, but they didn't even at that time have a hook to go along with it. And boy, yeah. baby, they've come a long way.
11: Yeah, you know they, uh, the, the, the Japanese at times in the fishing industry are are the really good companies. They 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 move very, very slowly. Uh, they they don't get. You know, too excited, real easy, so that you have to really kind of hand feed it to them and show them, say, look, this is what we can do, this is how we can, we can, uh, market it, this is how we can promote it, da da da, you know, and, and then all, and they see it, and then all of a sudden the sales come in, and then they, and then it's, then they, when they hit the, the gas with it. So, after that, you know, it's been, been great working with, with Spro. They're, they're a fantastic company. um... you know, I, I've met the owners of Gamagatsu who own Spro and everybody in between and there's just a great bunch of people and uh, you know we've sold I don't know probably close to a million frogs already in the last 10 years I mean it's just been been phenomenal um, you know we're up to five different you know sizes and colors <laughs> or sizes of, of frog and types of frogs so we're gonna add two more so we'll be at seven so there's just, it just keeps growing and growing and growing and it's 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 it's, it's very exciting
1: I Love you know it. I as a, as a retailer I go oh my god Gosh, I've got to buy new fixtures to put on more frogs. We don't, we don't have nearly <laughs> enough. Hey, now, Dean, you're coming on up to the Bassmaster Classic here for 2016. Which classic is this going to be for you? How many have you made so far?
11: This will be my 14th classic.
1: Oh, my gosh. How, yeah. how are you looking upon this upcoming uh, classic? It's uh, at uh, Grand Lake. Uh, it's uh, B- uh, Bassmaster's has moved the uh, date up a little bit later in the year to hopefully give you some better weather to fish in. Tell us your impressions uh, that you have right now going into the Bassmaster Classic at Grand Lake.
11: Well, you know, we, we fished there three years ago, and, um, you know, I finished 17th in that one. And um, the lake's been a lot, to, has changed a lot since then. Uh, although I've been on Grand probably about 10 times already, 10 or 11 times. So. Uh, I'm very familiar with the lake and so, uh, for me, I'd, I'm really curious to see what the water looks like because uh, they had some zebra mussels that have kind of taken over the lake and have cleared up the water tremendously. It's almost like fishing out west, out here, you know. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think that the, the western guys, uh, you're going to see a, a big push. Uh, the ones that are in the classic are going to, they're going to, they're going to do very well. Um, obviously, uh, I I like to believe I'm one of them because I, I feel like I, I'm I'm going to be right there with them, you know, and I, I feel comfortable in that lake to where um, I can go out and establish the patterns I'm going to need to win with. So um, I, I haven't really, you know, I, I I'm I'm kind of hesitant on, on on starting to prepare for it because still four months away. Okay, <laughs> it doesn't start the first <laughs> week of March. So, uh, but you know, you're constantly thinking about it. You're thinking about bait selection. You're thinking about um you know how how am i going to approach this and how am i going to attack this lake and how am i going to you know draw the winning fish out of as you know this how am i going to do this you know it's almost like a game plan of trying to puzzle everything, put everything in, in, into play before going into battle. So, I'm excited about it. You know, it's my 14th one. I know, growing up in San Diego, all I want to do is make one. You know, and <laughs> uh, and now you know I'm 13. i um, later. You know, I'm, I'm going to my 14th. So, I'm excited. I, I got another chance of uh, being world world champion, and I I'm uh, I'm just elated with that opportunity, and so excited and so grateful that um, I'm able to do this. Um, you know, every year. I'm just it, it just it means a lot.
1: Well, Dean, in the time we have left here, I know that uh, uh, you know you're a great fisherman yourself, but you just can't do it yourself. You got some, you got a great team behind you and a bunch of great sponsors. You want to tell us a little bit about them?
11: Uh, yeah, I would like to thank my wife <laughs> for one. Yeah, <laughs> you know she's uh, she's probably my main one, and that helps me uh, navigate this uh, this journey we go on each year. Uh, but you know. Gander Mountain is my corporate sponsor. They they're they're tremendous uh, big re- retail store throughout the country, and you know Skeeter Yamaha. They're they're a great company. I've been with them for twenty years, and you know Spro Gamagatsu, um, you know uh, Big Bite baits Sunline has been phenomenal for me. Uh, power poles on my on my Skeeter boat are awesome. Lawrence, I got new HDS S twelves that are going on my new boats. They're big big screens and <laughs> uh, Motor Guide. Um, you know Gill Outerwear. Uh, just a lot of great people. Oakley Sunglasses has been such a huge, you know, thing for me. And uh, Rigid Industries for my lights on my truck, ADD in Phoenix for all my bumpers, all my great things they are coming aboard next year. And uh, just a lot of great people. And I want to say a special thanks to you, John Cassidy, for calling me up on a Sunday night and talking fishing and all of you've done for my whole career in the last 22 years. So, Well,
1: thank Dean, you. it's a pleasure, and you know that uh, we've, follow you as close as we can on the show and i hope to uh, contact you from time to time and we look forward to maybe seeing you in oklahoma for the Bassmaster classic and uh, you've always been generous with us with your time and give us great information we want to thank you for you know this is really your time off it's precious thanks for spending some of your sunday night uh, with us being away from the family and uh, I hope we can catch up with you later on and uh, just see what you're doing. Thanks a lot for being with us, my friend.
11: I always look forward to it, John. Thank you so much, and uh, have a great evening.
1: All right. That was Pro Bass Angler Dean Rojas telling us a little bit about how 2015 went for us and giving us a little insight to the 2016 Bassmaster Classic. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next... General Manager of the Fred Hall Shows, Mike Lum, he's going to tell us what we can expect from the Fred Hall Shows coming up in 2016. And he's going to also announce that a new program that uh, they've just put together for Friends of Rolla. So you're going to want to stay tuned. There's more Ron Real Radio to come.
9: 7262 or just spell Bass Boat. 1-800-BASSBOAT I know, there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.COM
5: My angler, H2O two Like the mighty flounder, I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves. I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate Talk Like a Pirate Day. I I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket.
12: What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California.
5: It's tuna time, and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet, the 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 at H&M Landing in San Diego. It has a really comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs and satellite phone. The huge new bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh as the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure two online at hmlanding.com or call h m Landing at 619
1: Oh, you can go to rodrealradio.com, hit the archive page, and uh, the show will be archived. You can download it and listen to it at your convenience. You know, I know it's November, and we think to ourselves, why the heck are we talking about the Fred Hall show that's going to be happening in March? But i got to tell you, last year, thought the same thing. And the next thing you know, you're sitting in the middle of the Long Beach Convention Center greeting tens of thousands of people that are star, star, um, walking by your booth. So I thought it was a good time to get the general manager of the Fred Hall Ultimate Outdoor Experience Shows on with us. I've invited Mr. Mike Lum. And Mike, welcome again to Rod and Reel Radio. Well, hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and it's great to have you on. Now, you know, I guess there was a, a time of the year when you'd look at uh, November and you were going, well, we're kind of laying back. Uh, you know, the things should start picking up for the shows when it comes to bookings and things that we're doing. You know, the, it seems like March is so far away, but I've got an idea that has changed considerably in the past couple of seasons.
4: Well, it, it has. It changed a lot last year, uh, dramatically, but nothing prepared us for what's happening this year. Uh, we have been extremely busy for the last couple months and uh looks like it's not going to slow down at all because normally by uh, right after the holidays, we are just crazy trying to get everything ready, but that's already started and it's in full swing and it uh, looks like we're going to have... Uh, a couple of shows that are going to be sold out earlier than we have ever had them in our 70-year history of producing the Fred Hall shows.
1: Man, uh, Mike, that has to be a, a tremendous logistical nightmare for you because of the fact not only do you have you know, all the people that have been on with the Fred Hall show, and as I understand it, this is going to be a big anniversary for you, isn't it?
4: Yes, this uh, we are celebrating our 70th year of producing uh sports shows here in uh, the LA market uh, at uh, Fred Hall and uh and various other uh co-producers have worked with him over the years, but um, uh we are in our 70th year producing the uh the largest uh, fishing tackle, boat travel and outdoor shows that are in this market and uh And looking really forward to a spectacular year, our 70th anniversary could not have happened at a better time. And and I don't think any of us could have foresaw what uh, this warm water condition would do for our fishing. And and to have the industry rebound like it has in the last couple of years, it's just fantastic to be a part of.
1: Mike, I, I don't know if it's proprietary information or not, but when you come to the Fred Hall Show in Long Beach, which will be happening in the beginning of March, we're talking about this logistics of getting vendors, exhibitors, uh, shows together, and everything like that for a show like uh, the Fred Hall Ultimate Outdoor Experience uh, Long Beach Show. How many different entities are you dealing with in order to get this show together?
4: Well, we, you know, obviously we have a we have a fairly small staff. We have a very small staff, and and we handle from A to Z. We do everything from the booking of the facilities and working with the various uh, advertising agents and whatnot to get the show produced. But in addition to that, we deal with, with scheduling almost a thousand booth spaces and trying to work with all the different exhibitors that have been with us for years, in addition to title sponsors and show sponsors that are more at a corporate level. And so sometimes those things take take many, many, many months to to uh, happen, sometimes years, um, and so there, it is a year-round project. Uh, the moment we are done with the Del Mar show, it takes us about three weeks to get everything put away, get everything back in storage, and start filling out all of the uh, necessary reports to the... Larger companies that are sponsoring, and we have to report back to them on, on various things. And then, just about the moment that's done, we start working to get the, the following years' brochure and contracts ready so that they can get back into the hands of our exhibitors. We try to get those back to them by May, and so uh, you can see that just in that really tight window, uh, the idea that when the shows are over, we don't um, we don't do much for the next six months is really. You know, I would wish it was that way, but it's really not. And uh, it takes all year to get the to get the thing wrapped up. But um, and people also forget that when you're dealing with a thousand different exhibitors in one way or another, you're really dealing with probably double that when you consider that you know for everybody that actually becomes an exhibitor, there's others that's that call and want to ask questions, and they're thinking about being an exhibitor. So you really go through the motions with a lot more people than what actually uh, you see at the show. So it's a it's a very full-time deal for uh basically it's uh, Bart myself and then uh, Tim Baker and Katie Hall. Uh, Jenny Hall still helps out in the office during the uh, busiest times of the year, but when it comes to actually selling the booth spaces and working out the layouts and doing all the other stuff, it's really four of us doing that on a year-round basis.
1: Yeah, but that you know not only do you have the exhibitors and the exhibitors are always excellent, but the number of seminars, celebrities, special events that you go on, I mean, besides getting the exhibitors all lined up, which is kind of like, uh, you know, uh, getting a bunch of rattlesnakes to agree to, you know, stay uh, quiet in the same pit together, but then you've got this extra uh, activity of all the events and, and seminars that go on. It's, uh, it's a tremendous undertaking.
4: Well, we schedule during the nine days of shows that we do. We schedule over six hundred seminars and special events during those nine days. and uh, it just you're right. It's something that uh, takes me the better part of the year. I make a lot of notes throughout the year and uh, and then when it comes time to actually put paper to pencil and figure out how all those times fit in, we well, you got somebody that can only work you know certain hours or they have certain preferences it's it's uh it's a logistical nightmare but but the fact is it's fun i enjoy doing it and and the great thing is once the public shows up at the show they don't have to worry about any of that they just get to enjoy it all being you know there and they get to share in the excitement of the show and that's really what it's all about our our slogan for our 70th year anniversary is share the passion and we, we collectively, uh, thought that, that that made a lot of sense because that's what this show does is, uh, is it promotes the, um, the lifestyle of outdoor recreation and fishing and travel and boating and hunting and, and all of those activities. And it is passion. That's what drives this level of customer to do what they do. And, uh, and that's the reason that they wait all year to, uh, to come to the show, they take their vacation days. They spend two, three days sometimes at the show. Some of the guys fly in from back east. Um, they schedule their vacation times and travel schedules months in advance. And, uh, one of the questions I get quite regularly about this time of the year is when will the seminar schedules be done? Cause I want to make sure I'm there on the days for, you know, certain things. And I don't have those done this early typically. So it's, uh, it's always a question that I get, but, uh, it's, uh, sharing. Uh, coming out and sharing the passion of of this activity that we all are—it's our life. It's our lifestyle. It's what we've always done. It's what we always will do. And uh, you just can't understand that unless you're part of it.
1: You know, and when I look at the cost of getting into the show, it is such a paltry amount to when you when you compare it to get against the entertainment value you have and the dollars that you spend for everything, and you're actually buying a ticket to get in and see something that
4: is almost
1: impossible to see all of it in just one day.
4: No, it's really not. You cannot really experience the Long Beach Show in in a day. You can come in and walk through it, but if you want to stop and actually exchange ideas and talk with somebody, visit with friends, uh, talk to some of the key personalities in the business sit through uh, some of uh, the seminars that you might be interested in, uh, it simply cannot be done in a single day. And, and quite often I'll have people tell me that uh, that they saw the show um, yesterday. And, and I'll say, well, did you see this? No, no, I didn't see that. Well, did you see that? No, I, I didn't see that. But they're sure they saw the whole show. It's just it's just more than you can, can get in one day. And as far as the pricing goes, I, I agree with you. I look at what what we all pay for other activities and other entertainment things, and I I think, I think the prices that we charge for admission, considering we allow all children under the age of 16 in for free, yeah. which means mom and dad can come to the show and bring three kids, four kids. It doesn't really matter. Uh, it's not one kid per paid adult. It's bring the kids. And if they're under 16, we're going to let them in for free. And we've always done that. And we always believe that, that encouraging those uh, families to bring not only their kids, but their neighbor's kids Mm is, there's a lot of family value at the show, but it also lets those kids get an, uh, an eyeful of all the opportunities that are out there and all the different things they may not be aware of. And, And we feel that that's important for the longevity of our business and to, to help kids, uh, find something to do in the great outdoors and not spend all their time uh, glued to a computer monitor.
1: Well, Mike, speaking of that, I know uh, the Fred Hall Ultimate Outdoor Experience Shows have been a great supporter of Friends of Rolla, which uh, are you know is an organization that gets kids fishing. And you guys have put together a special event, and uh, I, I hope you're ready to talk about it just a little bit. We don't have much time left on what you're going to be doing to help Friends of Rollo coming on up here in the, in the, well, the coming up, coming year.
4: Thanks, thanks for asking about that, John. We have, a, we have a lot of projects that we work hand-in-hand with, uh, helping promote and fund Friends of Rollo. Uh, this organization is dedicated to taking children on their first fishing trip. Since 1999, when it was formed, we have now taken over 110,000 kids wow. out on the water and uh, we, we want to do more. We want to take even more kids. We, there's an unlimited amount of kids that need this experience, but there's a limited amount of funding. So one of the things that we're doing uh, again this year, we started it uh, two years ago, and this year it's going to be even bigger, is an event called Tuna Wars. And what we're doing is we're bringing in three of the captains from the television show Wicked Tuna, and they have volunteered their time to come out and go fishing for a couple days Uh, aboard some of the uh, charter boats out of San Diego. And it's a a competition, a friendly competition. Anybody can uh, can uh, sign up and fish with their favorite captain. We have uh, Captain Dave Marciano. We have uh, Captain Paul Hebert. And this year, for the first time, we're going to have Captain Dave Carrera. are all coming out. They're all going to be on a different boat. You can go to the Friends of Rollo website, which is rollokids.org, and you can sign up. Uh, to pay uh, the fee and then get to fish with these guys. And, uh, and it's a, a rare opportunity to fish with your favorite wicked tuna captain at the same time. Help us raise a bunch of money to take kids fishing.
1: Well, Mike Lum, just like the Fred Hall show, way too much to talk about than we had in the time allotted to it. But if people want to go and find out more about the 2016 Fred Hall shows, either in Long Beach or afterwards in San Diego,
4: How's the best way
1: to get that information?
4: Just just visit our website, which is fredhall.com, and you'll find all the information there. More information will be stacked into that website as we move forward. Um, but we will uh, we will continue to update that on a weekly basis as we get closer. So that's fredhall.com. And if you need information on the uh, Friends of Rollo, that's rollokids.org.
1: All right. Mr. Mike Lomb, General Manager of the Fred Hall Ultimate Outdoor Experience Shows Mike, if we can, can we call you up here in maybe another few weeks and get an update on what's happening and clue everybody in on the good things that uh, the Front Hall Show is doing?
4: I would love that. We've got a ton of stuff planned, and uh, we'd love to talk to you about it.
1: All right, Mike. Thanks a lot, again, for taking some of your Sunday night and especially on a Thanksgiving weekend to speak with us. We look forward to speaking to you again. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for tonight. Man, was that a quick two hours? Okay, I know a lot of you had the football game on mute. You can go back to it. If you've learned anything on these Sunday night games, the second half is when everything is happening, and you'll be right in time for the second half if you tune it in now. We want to thank you for listening tonight. Thank JR up in the AM540 studios. Thank Mr. Ben Harvey for helping us out down here in San Diego. Wendy and Stan, they were out on assignment, but they'll be back next Sunday night with us. And especially, we'd like to thank Big Tuna Bill and Captain Eddie McCune for handing on to us this legacy that is Rod and Reel Radio. So on behalf of everyone, we want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Go out there and get them. They're getting away. Stay safe. We're out for now. Good night, everybody.